This is Lydia, the podcast producer of this show, and today is our fourth and final interview series with Brian Will. He's going to be breaking down his sales process and how he wins leads. Enjoy! Welcome to the Agency Secrets Podcast, where we help your independent agency gain insights into the secrets proven to build a thriving agency with your co-hosts, me, Kyle Gorman. And me, Justin Clements. And don't forget to reach out to us with any questions. Or if you have topics you would like covered in upcoming episodes, just let us know. You can learn more at agencysecretspodcast.com. That's agencysecretspodcast.com. And remember, be humble, stay hungry, and always hustle. All right. So uh, I, I was going through here and making some notes. You have uh, an interesting story about your landscaping business. And you said you were young and naive and common sense didn't prevail. I just, I don't know why. Maybe it's because the, the first business I started was, it was a facility maintenance business. And um, I made some mistakes and bonehead mistakes. Uh, but this one almost like reading the story, it almost made me mad. Like, I want to go and find this guy that you did this landscaping work for. Uh, like he just doesn't sound like a good guy, but can you tell us about that story? And, and even though it is a very small, like it's, it cost you what, 2,500 bucks or yep. something like that. Um, but you learned a viable lesson you learned, you lost, but you learned from that loss and, and it helped protect you and it created a better success filter for you in the future. Am I reading that right, Brian? The point of this story and the point of a lot of these stories gets back to what we talked about before. If you're going to go into business, nobody's on your side. Nobody's here to help. The mm. government's going to try to come after you. Employees will come after you. I've been sued by employees. Your customers, everybody's going to try to take you down. If you do not have the mental fortitude and tenacity to be able to go through that, get out the other side and move on, don't do it. In this case, a valuable lesson I learned. I did a landscaping contract. I signed a contract to, to do this guy's backyard. Halfway through the job, I signed a second contract to do his front yard. I finished his backyard. He didn't pay me. I said, well, if you're not paying me, I'm not doing your front yard. He sued me. I thought, well, that's no big deal. I'm, I'm just going to tell the judge what happened. I went to the court. I said, Your Honor, he didn't pay me for the backyard. Why, don't, why would I do the front yard? He said, that's a separate contract. If you mm -hmm. want to sue him for the backyard, you can. But since you didn't do the front yard, you're in violation of that contract. And therefore, you have to pay him to pay somebody else to do the job. Wow. I said, so I get no money on the back, and now I have to pay for the front. He said, that's the way it works. I'm like, mm -hmm. wow. I never did that again. <laughs> yeah. And what, what did that teach you? Uh, and, and like, how did you apply what you learned there and in, in building your, you know, future businesses the, with the insurance businesses and the software and the restaurants? Well, it's a simple, it's a simple lesson. It goes back to what I just said. What I learned is that nobody's your friend. Nobody's here to help. People are going to try to take advantage of you in business and you need to be prepared to go through the crap. That's, that's, that's the basic lesson. I mean, the real lesson is don't sign a contract and not do it, right? <laughs> That's the real lesson. But the reality long-term is 
that's just another lesson in being able to handle the problems that are going to come your way. Yeah. I call it the fires, right? I'm an involuntary fireman. Mm-hmm. I got to put out fires in my business every day that I didn't start. Yeah, but you're still really happy and like you, you, you're you're doing all kinds of amazing stuff. You're having living a great life. You're uh, you because seem- you come to accept that those are problems you're going to have, and Part then you it. you let them roll off and you move on. And if I you think- can't accept those if it's going to tear you apart, then don't do it. Uh, and that's what I was going to say. I think you almost have to. I mean, I hate to be as uh, sadistic as to think that you enjoy it, but I, I do think you almost have to. Um, enjoy being that problem solver. I think you have to be able to see those fires as it's just part of the day, as opposed to it's going to ruin my day. I mean, um, I just got sued by the EEOC for someone who claimed sexual harassment when we proved they didn't even work those days. They claimed they got harassed, right? Yeah. We ended up yeah. losing, but we didn't lose on the sexual harassment after we proved that didn't happen. Then they claimed that we fired her and they wanted a hundred thousand dollars and we lost but we didn't do anything, but that that's just because the government doesn't, the judge literally told me the government does not lose. So just pay. So my answer to that was mentally that just, it, it kills me. So I, I said to my staff, I said, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Take care of it, pay it, talk to the lawyers, write the checks. I'm not signing them. You know, other people can just, you handle it. I got to move on and be more positive in my life. Yeah. But that and, stuff's going to happen. And that, that again, I think is a, is a very valuable lesson because we often can get stuck on whatever negative thing happened. You know, yeah. client calls in and complains, somebody doesn't pay, that somebody's frustrated, so we get sued, whatever it is. You know, it's easy to bug down in that. And then next month we don't hit our numbers and the next month we don't hit our numbers. And then we still aren't growing. And we, because uh, I uh, just, you know, real quick story, I had someone that small business, very small business, did some work for a very large, large company and they didn't pay him. Well, that was like chump change to them. I mean, it's, $30,000. But in his small business, that That's was going to like make or break his year. Four years later, he was still blaming that on the lack of success in his business. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's easy to get caught up in that, you know, to say, well, that happened, you know, and then, and you, and you, you know, in the way you tell the story, you're, you're saying that I mean, just recently, like you just lost that 30,000. Well, no, it was four years ago. Well, buck up and move on. Yeah. Time to move and, fo- it's either yeah. man up or fold up, right? Right. Right. Man up right. or fold up. So one of the questions I do have for you, Brian, I mean, you, you um, again, pretty transparent, authentic guy. Um, and you, you talk about that, that sales process and um, whether you are entry level going into your first insurance job, day one, not licensed, you know, selling policies, or you're a multimillionaire and you're still running businesses, you're selling businesses and there's part of that. So there's always a sales component to that. What do you think? I mean, you know, you can look at it as, well, I've got leads and I buy more leads and by getting more leads, I, I sell, but there's still a process and, and you tend to break things down and sort of like, here are the steps. Here's the way, here's the simple way to explain this. So what do you think led to your ability to sell, um, you know, 60% of the, of the leads, whereas someone else may be selling 20% of the leads and, and, and be very, you know, in their mind, like I'm killing it. This is the best I can do. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the difference was then? And even now in the way that you approach those situations that allows you to say, here's a lead. This isn't just a lead. This is kind of a done deal for me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be in the next book and it's the psychology of sales. And this is part of what I teach in my training sessions. And I've taught this to, 
I don't know, a thousand agents across the country. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference whether you're asking me this question as a business owner who has people, whether you're asking me this question as the agent that's out there making the sales. Mm -hmm. As a business owner, I will tell you that there are uh, three kinds of salespeople. Okay. And we all know them. Mm-hmm. There's what we call retail salespeople. That's yeah. when you call a, you know, your cellular service or you go to the mall. You, this is a salesperson, but they're not selling you anything. Right. And you have these people working for you. They're, you know, you give them 10 leads, they'll sell one. Right. Then there are actual salespeople and they can read your script and they can, you know, regurgitate the facts and they'll take the same 10 leads and they'll sell two. And then there are closers mm-hmm. and closers will take the same 10 leads and sell four right? We all know these people. Same leads, same phone, same product, same price, same everything. And there is a vast four to one difference in their production, their productivity. So you need to understand that as a business owner. One of the things we've always done, we go into organizations is we fire the bottom third of our agents, of their agents, because they're burning money and burning leads, right? Move those leads to higher producers. You're not going to bring those bottom people up because A, they don't care. B, they're not going to care. Now, the difference between a salesperson and a closer, some of it is natural ability, right? There are people who are athletes who are Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And then there's, you know, the guys that were all American in college and couldn't get a pass off in the pros to save their life. Right. right? There is some natural ability that goes along with sales. And that natural ability is what I call the connection piece. If you as a person have the ability to connect with another person, mm. and if you have that ability to do it over the phone or in you know face-to-face, your sales are going to be significantly higher than somebody who can't make the connection. And the connectivity, I call this the magic of sales, that connectivity is the product of, um, it's a product of active listening an active response to the people you're talking to. Yeah. How many people do you know that have tried to sell or even when someone's called you to sell and you ask them a question and they start reading off a script? <laughs> oh yeah. And you're like, that's not what I just asked you. Yeah. And I use the example and I, I do this in my training sessions. I'll say, I'll, I'll pretend like I'm, you know, a customer and, and they're asking me, the agent asked me a question and say, what do you do? I said, I sell fire engines. And they don't take that and do anything with it. Like they're like, okay, sell fire engines. How old's your wife? I'm 55. How old's your wife? She's 18. They do nothing <laughs> with this information, right? <laughs> they're not actively listening to what I'm saying. Yeah. Like if you or me were to do that and I, and I, I say, what do you do? I sell fire engines. It might be like, dude, did they come in green? Like I've yeah. only seen written. Yeah, actually they come in green. I've seen them all. I saw some in yellow ones. Yeah. And by actively listening you make this connection with the client because people want to buy things from people they like people they trust and if you aren't listening to what they're saying and reacting and making them laugh then you're not connecting and if you don't connect you're just another pushy salesperson right so you have to learn to be the person who can connect you have to learn to be able to actively listen and adjust who you are to that person I talk to a New York guy, I talk fast. If I talk to a guy in Alabama, I slow it down, mm-hmm. right? My, I can adapt who I am or at least how I'm coming across to relate to the person on the other end of the phone. Some people do that naturally. Some people can't do it at all. 
Some people can learn, some people can't. So we can take some people who are salespeople and move them up, but there are some people who are just a friggin' natural. Right? Do you think that uh, AI, the advancement of technology, will, will be able to, to duplicate or replicate or produce that connect that connection you're talking about there? You know, and I haven't been in a call center environment for several years now, but there is some pretty cool stuff out there that the, the system would listen. And if the person said a specific word, it would pop up things to say and responses and whatnot. I always thought that was kind of cool. But once again, garbage in, garbage out. Who's programming the AI? Is it a salesperson or is it an engineer? So I think there's a lot of things that go into that. But I mean, Justin, you know, people, they sell like crazy and make tons of money and the next guy can't. Yeah. I've always said your organization will be 20% closers, 20% losers, and everybody else is in the middle. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the losers. Mm-hmm. Work. Understand that 80% of your organization, however, is going to be people who are average. And then you have to build your metrics around the average because you're never going to hire an organization of superstars. Right. Just not going to happen. And thankfully, those formulas are in this book. Yes, they are. So if you're in the insurance industry and you don't buy this book, um, just stop listening to this podcast and you're on the failure uh, filter right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Find somebody that has a success filter and ask them about it. Yes. Um, (laughs) Brian, I I know we've we've taken up a lot of your time. We could take up more. I think what I would love to do is especially – um, when, uh, when your third book, uh, you know, when, when that gets close, I'd love to have you back in and talk to you about, uh, the psychology of sales, because, um, there's so much to that and being able to break that down and and helping people understand again, self-awareness, like who am I? Um, what do I need to surround myself with? What can I do maybe to move myself from one area to another? Um, but then, uh, also for the leaders in the industry to understand who are we bringing into our organization and, and who are the people on my team? So, I'd love to be able to uh, to break. And that how do down you manage further. them? And how do you how do you right? How do you measure their productivity yep. and output? And how does that generate revenue? There's so much as a business owner that they yeah. probably don't understand. Yeah. And again, I've I've gone into a billion dollar company, and they're like, well, we don't understand why we're not making money. It's so obvious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Bottom and that's, that's the, that's the area day. I have such a, a huge passion around is, is the people side of business and how we have the right people and how we manage those people, communicate with those people. Just tremendous. Um, I've got speed round of questions still. Uh, all right. All right. All right. Go for it. And um, I want to, I also want to say this, I want to go and get my hands on your first book. Yep. And I want to read that. And then uh, if you're willing, get you back on here, talk about that. It's on Amazon. Uh, yep. <clears throat> and then, so business lesson number 28, find your passion. I highlighted here, but eventually if you're successful, you'll want a legacy. What will yours be? Mm-hmm. Two part question, Brian. Uh, what is your passion? And then what do you want your legacy to be? I was out in park city uh, and this is in the book. Um, talking to a friend of mine who's extremely successful, worldwide speaker, author of many best-selling New York Times books. I just sold the company. We're sitting out there. I'm out skiing for a month. And and Paul says, Brian, what are you going to do next? And I said, Paul, I don't know. Maybe start a business. And he said, why? I said, I don't know. I don't know what else to do. (laughs) And he said, do you need the money? I said, no. He said, what is your passion? And I said, Paul, I don't think I have a passion. He said, that's your problem. Mm. You need to find a passion for the rest of your life and you need to build a legacy because 
money is money, but what's going to, what's going to live past you. And I struggled with that for a long, long time. You know, I, I didn't really know what my passion was. And when I started getting into the writing, I really enjoyed the writing. I really enjoyed the first book came out and getting all the, the people would send me comments about how it helped them. And they went through similar situations. And I can't wait for this book to come out and see what we can do with it. Because, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that are in this small to medium sized business world who want something and just don't know how to do it. They don't know how to get it. They don't know how to win. It's not that they can't, they just literally don't have the knowledge on how to do it. And if they're willing to listen, we can help them. So I think my passion at this point is helping other people. You know, one of the next businesses we're going to start is going to be uh, a small business incubator or a seed round accelerator kind of thing Nice. and bring a group of mentors together so that if you come in and, and you have a business idea, we'll throw money at you, we'll throw expertise at you, and we'll help you grow your business. I think that would be great. a very exciting thing to do is to mm -hmm. help people grow. That's awesome. I love that. What would you do uh, differently if you could do all this over again? Go back to when you were 20 years old, starting your landscaping business uh, all the way today. What is there anything you do differently if you go back and have a do some do-overs? You know, the challenge with that question is it's not who I am, <laughs> right? Uh, I am a product of all the experiences in my life and all the challenges I went through as a child and, and my growing up and whatnot really are what gave me the drive and the tenacity to be able to go through the things that I went through to build the businesses and, and the lifestyle that I've built. Now, if I could have changed my childhood, that would have made a huge difference. If I could have changed my childhood, I'd have probably gone to college because I really think I should have, but it just wasn't who I was. Uh, I often joke that if I had to do over again, I'd go to college, I'd become a lawyer, I'd be an Air Force pilot and, you know, an astronaut and all those cool things you want to do. But the reality is that's just not who I am. And it's not my story. I, I, my first book starts off, everyone has a story and this one's mine. Hmm. You got to take who you are, what your story is and what you've got to work with and go from here and, and not really think about going back and trying to do it over. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, that was a great answer. Uh, I was expecting you to throw some stuff in there like, oh, this one deal or, you know, <laughs> more time with over here or there. Um, you mentioned in, in your book uh, some quotes from Sam Walmart where he was like, you know, yes. yeah, Sam Walton uh, entering, entering the final stages of life. And he was thinking, you know, is it worth it? Was it all worth it? Or what should I have done things differently? So uh, do you think that your success has been uh, skill or luck? I've always said luck, but let me tell you what luck is. It's when preparedness meets opportunity. Hmm. If you're not prepared, opportunity will go by and you'll never recognize it. Like 48,000 sports drinks bottles. <laughs> <It goes laughs> right by. Yeah. Um, well, I really, uh, I'll just be honest with you, Brian, like reading your book, talking to you today um there was a time uh and i didn't even think about it until i was reading your book that we had dinner together at a lead uh lead gen conference or something in vegas and i had no idea who i was sitting across the table from and and that was uh i don't know six years ago and i kicked myself that i didn't soak in and, and ask you a bunch of questions and learn from you then because that would have helped me better my success filter 
going back in time. Like if, if I would have just spent more time and learning from you there. So I really appreciate your book. I'm going to read it a couple of times. I look forward to get my hands on your first book and in your third book, they'll be coming out here soon. Um, I, I want to know the name of your restaurant because I'm going to go down there in Atlanta and hang out and eat at your restaurant, hoping that you'll come in and I get to have a, have a lunch with you or something. We've got several brands. Central city tavern is one. Uh, Cantina Loca is one. Those are our two big brands. We've got moves and four. We got a couple of other small ones, but those are the big brands. We're going to, we're going to blow that out into a regional uh, brand and operation. And, and much like everything else I've done, I'll probably sell it in five years. There you go. Nice. Uh, I'm looking forward to get to the Cantina Local. Is that what it was? Loca. Loca. Cantina Loca and Central City Tavern. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, Kyle, are there any questions that you have for, for Brian? I, I'm good right now. I've got so many notes uh, to go over. And I, I too, Brian, you know, your time's amazing. Uh, I know it's incredibly valuable. Really look forward. I've already pulled up uh, your first book on Amazon. So I'm going to be hitting that button here in just a moment. Um, looking forward to getting that and, um, uh, would love an opportunity to, to meet with you again. And, and, uh, I, I, I really truly appreciate, uh, anytime someone can be, um, so transparent and just willing to share their experiences, their real experiences. Um, and, uh, and so I really appreciate your willingness to do that and how that helps others. So, uh, thank you, you know, so much I wanna, for that. I want to end it with this guys. I'm going to end it with this. And this is really directed at the audience. I, I've, I have found too many budding entrepreneurs, small business owners, medium business size inter- business owners who feel like they need to chase the advice of billionaires, hmm. right? I want to read Musk's book. I want to read Steve Jobs' book. I want to read Buffett's book. But here's the thing, guys. Billionaires think at a level that realistically, none of us are ever going to get to. Okay. That's just, that's statistically real. Mm -hmm. They don't live in the day-to-day world we live in. They don't have the problems that we have and they don't have to make the decisions that we make. If you're a business owner and you want real advice, that's really going to help you. You need to find somebody that has maybe built a few businesses or has done consulting in an area that's more on your level Mm -hmm. and not be looking for what Steve jobs had to say about it. Does that make sense? This is why I like your business, Kyle, because you're down there working with the guys that need the advice that you're able to give them because you live in that world. Same thing with Justin. Yeah. Find somebody that lives in your world, has been successful in your world and can help you in your world mm-hmm. more That's than right. somebody who, you know, built a bazillion dollar company and makes decisions on hundreds of thousands of people at a time. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes right perfect sense. That's you. why, that's why Absolutely. I really enjoy your book is it, it, it kind of starts with like, should you even start a business? Should you just be self-employed? Yeah. And if you want to, like, here's the things you need to work about. Start creating your success filter, place people around you, really guard what, what goes into your brain. Like, it's not going into how to take your business from 100 million to 5 billion, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying how to even decide if you should start a business, yeah. if it's the right fit for you, and then how to start those baby steps. So to me, uh, that's brilliant. There's not enough of that. There's everyone telling the stories of, Hi, I'm Elon Musk, and you know, here's here's what I'm going to do next. Um, great for them, but you're, like you said, I, I can't teach you how to build a billion dollar business. But what I can teach you how to do is launch a business and sell it for sixty million dollars. There you go. Yeah, I can teach you. Sign how Sign me that. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm in. Yeah. That's right. So I I love that, Brian, and I agree. 
completely. You know, that to your point, that's really a lot of what my business has been built on. And uh, the people that I lean on and the people that I introduce others to, um, and even in another podcast that I'd had for several years, was what I always said was like, I, I want you to hear from people that are attainable, like the person that you walk by at the grocery store that you don't know how successful they are. Um, you need to hear their story because yes. they, that's it's relevant. That's the normal person that, yeah, but their success, if you can emulate half of that, life's going to be good. Um, yeah. And understanding what they've achieved and how they've done it, because exactly to what you said, they, they've experienced the same things. I, I have a dear friend who has just had a level of success that I don't expect to ever achieve. Um, but, you know, his wife left him with four kids in his early 30s and he had nothing and his business was nothing and he had one final chance and what he did with that and to the point now where he's just incredibly successful and to know that like this guy's dealing with normal stuff and mm -hmm. um but you know when you see him at a restaurant he's just a normal guy and mm -hmm. it's it's so much more relevant to what we experience on a day-to-day -day basis um yep. and and again that, that's what i love about what you've done and saying like these are my failures let me let me I need you to understand this, but because of this, I've been able to learn lessons and I want you to experience, I want you to understand those lessons to maybe avoid a failure or two. And if you don't at least know what you're going to learn from it and don't yeah. be discouraged by the failures because it happens to everybody. Everybody. Um, I, I love that. I love that message. So Brian, right, again, thank you so much. Um, we will, uh, we will make sure to get some information out there with links. So if anybody wants to get a hold of these books, uh, you can check that information on the website or in the show notes. Hope to have you on again sometime. Uh, and uh, again, Brian, just thank you so much for all of your time. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Kyle. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. And everybody remember, be humble, stay hungry, and always hustle. Alrighty, I really hope you enjoyed that section of the podcast with Brian Will. Tune in next week and you'll get to hear more of our amazing interview with Brian Will. Have a nice week.